Do you believe in ghosts? I do. Really? Have yeah. you ever seen one? No, but I'm pretty sure my grandma plays tricks on me. <laughs> well, I remember when I was a wee boy, my grandmother would tell us ghost stories about the Headless Horseman. And I swear to God, one day I saw a man on a horse running by, stealing people's keys. <laughs> Were you born in like 1887? <laughs> Welcome to Audio Shelf, a place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. So what do you think about Cass in our book that we're going to talk about today? I mean, he goes around, I don't killing ghosts? Yeah, he's like a ghost hunter. Yeah. Straight out of the books from Supernatural. Are there bad ghosts, good ghosts? What do you think? Is that a ghost? I think it was a ghost. God? Release the demons. Please don't. (laughs) Power of Christ compels you. (laughs) I think there are both good and bad ghosts. Mm. Mm -hmm. Deep. Let's find out in today's episode. Today's book is Anna dressed in blood. Blood. By Kendari Blake. Narrator is August Ross. The publisher is Ink Blackstone Audio. The audiobook release date was July 5th, 2012. The duration is 8 hours and 43 minutes. And the genre is young adult, horror, paranormal, and urban fiction. I like how you say horror. Because I always say horror, and it sounds like I'm calling, people, I'm calling people horror. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let me tell you the summary about this book. It was taken from Audible. Cass Lowood has inherited an unusual vocation. He kills the dead. So did his father before him, until he was gruesomely murdered by a ghost he sought to kill. Now armed with his father's mysterious and deadly athame, Cass travels the country with his kitchen witch mother and their spirited sniffing cat. They follow legends and local lore, destroy the murderous dead, and keep pesky things like the future and friends at bay. Searching for a ghost the locals call Anna Dressed in Blood, Cass expects the usual track hunt kill. What he finds instead is a girl entangled in curses and rage. She still wears the dress she wore on the day of her brutal murder in 1958. Mm. Wash your clothes. Once white, it is now stained red and dripping with blood. That's probably a health hazard. Since her death, Anna has killed any and every person who has dared to step into this deserted Victorian she used to call home. Yet, she spares Cass's life. I don't know what noise you're doing, so I just went with it. That's okay. Sometimes that's that's all that's needed. (laughs) So let's talk about this book, because keep in mind, if you go back a couple episodes, we reviewed Kandari Blake's Three Dark Crowns. Three Dark Crowns, which we liked and loved and raved about. Kind of. Kind of. That's why I started with liked. Yeah. (laughs) You built from liked. (laughs) And this one, we have a battle. A little bit. Yeah. Because I absolutely loved... This audiobook. Loved it. Brad even took notes. I took notes. I never take notes. Never. 
I mean, I gave it a five star on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I want to make love to it. What is that? That's not narcolepsy. No. Wait, no, wait, no, that's sleeping. Wait, that's not <laughs> necrophilia. Correct, because she, her body is long There's gone. no body. Yeah. What is making love to ghosts called? Ghostphilia? Does it have to be anything? Do we have to discriminate against ghosts? Why can't love just be love? Ghosts need love too. Right? Except if it's illegal. I mean, this isn't illegal. This isn't illegal. It's like, people you don't can... even believe in ghosts. Right. So it's definitely not illegal. It's definitely not. I mean, I would not suggest you go sleep with a dead body. That's gross. No. We are... At Audio Shelf, strictly against necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. But anyway, I really like this book. <laughs> <laughs> I had a different experience with the book. I rated it three stars on Goodreads, even though I was between a three and a four star. I okay. I changed my star rating a couple times, mm-hmm. but then I kind of... I don't know. I think it was mainly the narration that made me change, Mm -hmm. that made me drop down to a three star, Mm. even though I really liked August's voice. Yeah. I think his voice was a perfect match for a 17 year old teen boy. A hundred percent. He had a really great tone to him. He had the ability to take his voice from being a teenage boy to being Cass's mom to being some of the ghosts that he encountered flawlessly. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fantastic. But I think his voice with some of the scenes in the book just kind of fell flat for me. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, for me, I thought that his voice and the writing, I think a lot of it has to do with the writing, is that when I was listening, I actually believed that killing ghosts could be a thing. Yeah. Like, this is a legit job that someone has. Yeah. I agree with you about and that. I, and I really liked how August Ross's voice did that for me. Mm-hmm. And for me, the breathing, I thought there weren't any heavy breathing, no um, gasp. If they were, they were subtle. Um, it wasn't distracting No, it wasn't all. distracting. It mm-hmm. was His tone was very soft. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. at times in post-production, they put intentional breathing during times of high intensity. So there were occasionally moments where you could really hear his breath. And I think it was intentional that Mm -hmm. it was put in there or left in there to show that Cass was murdering ghosts. He was getting sweaty. Yes. Sweaty with that ghost juice. Mm -hmm. And the best thing about Ross's voice was I felt like we were having a conversation with him. Well, I was. I was having a conversation with him, not me talking to him, because that would be weird if I was talking to my audiobook. Do you ever do that? Did you actually talk to your audiobook? I mean, I was like, dang, Cass, or you get it, Cass. I can see it, yeah. (laughs) But I felt like it was a conversation between Ross as a narrator and the reader. Yeah. And I really liked that. Yeah, I could definitely, at times, feel his interest in the story, which is what I think goes hand in hand with having the conversation. But then other times, I felt like it was a little fake. Mm. At the beginning, to me, it sounded like whenever he had any dialogue, he was just shrugging his shoulders when he was saying it. Like, it's time to go to school. (laughs) It just kind of sounded weird and misplaced with with what the intention was behind the dialogue. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of fell off with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I had to speed him up. Once I sped him up and we got into more of the meat of the book, I Mm -hmm. felt it disappeared. Yeah, now that you mentioned the speeding up. I could not listen to this man no. on one speed. Mm-mm. 
I listened through Overdrive, which allowed me to do, it's like one speed, then 1.5, and then two. There wasn't any like 1.25. So I listened to it 1.5, sometimes even two, just to kind of get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. But I don't think the story lacked. I, I just felt like the narrator, he was not a good slow reader. But to kind of talk about how you felt like he was kind of shrugging off everything, I saw that as if the listener likes inflection, they would like this book. But if they don't like inflection in their voice, then they would still like this book. Because I felt like there was a median with Ross. I felt like he wasn't just, oh my God, I'm super overzealous with this, the narration. But then I'm also very kind of calm and collected and chill. And I felt like there was a median. I think that all readers, for me, would like this book because it's right in the middle. It just felt a little uh, like he was a teacher reading to a class at times. Sometimes that's fine, but then other times when there's like high anxiety and I'm trying to get to the core of what a person is doing and what a character is, I don't want him to be talking about his past in just sort of a nonchalant kind of way because mm. he's seen some stuff. His dad, his dad was killed and that he's just true. like, I'm doing this for my dad. When she takes it out, she'll wipe it down with cinnamon oil and call it good as new. She used to do the same thing for my dad. <laughs> I'm just, that's not, that's yeah. not what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. I need like some sort of emotion to it. Yeah. In order to get me in. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So your little median, <laughs> you can, you can stay with your median. <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about the voices that he used, because he did use voices. Oh, yeah. Let me just talk about the, my favorite voices, first of all. So I really loved the hitchhiker in the beginning. Mm. I feel like this voice sets up the tone for the novel. It was very creepy. And it's what I imagined the ghost of a hitchhiker to sound like. Mm -hmm. And I think that voice really kind of grabbed me and hooked me in. Yeah, I do. I do have to say that when that raspy, creepy, undead voice came through my ears, mm -hmm. I was hooked on the novel. Like, I couldn't stop at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did not like Carmel's voice because, to me, I imagined her to be this spicy Latin girl. Mm -hmm. But for me, I felt like Ross was doing this, like, valley girl accent. Oh, my God. Like, you know? And, yeah, kind of. Because Carmel is a badass bee. Yeah, she is. And I loved her character because she was unlike any other pretty female character I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. She automatically, to me, I felt like there was a love connection between her and the the friend of Cass. I forgot you his name. You thought there was a love connection between her and oh, Thomas? Yeah. I felt the love connection between her and Cass. Oh, no. I never felt that. I never. Because I felt like that was like a Hermione, Ron. Or no, I'm sorry. I Hermione, hate Hermione and Ron. Me too, but that I was like her mind. Me Harry. too, and I want Carmel and Cass because Carmel is was with Cass all the time. Like she ain't no creepy ghost. Why are you gonna yeah. make love to a ghost when you can make love to Carmel? But to me, the relationship between Carmel and Cass reminded me of Hermione and Harry. Where God, we really want them to be together, but they know in their hearts that they can't. They're not attracted to each other. I mean, they could be. They could be in our heads, but they're not. They are on the screen too. <laughs> Emma Watson and Daniel Radcliffe have some extreme chemistry. I mean, I have chemistry with Daniel Radcliffe. Right, anybody can have. Oh. Yeah. For me, my favorite voice was Anna's. Really? Yeah, because I really liked the consistency that he did. I mean, he was doing a Finnish accent for her mm -hmm. throughout the entire book, and never once did I feel that it wavered in its consistency. Mm-hmm. I agree. I At first, I was kind of turned off by Anna's accent because, to me, I thought it was like this old Russian lady. 
And I was like, this is not Anna. How am I supposed to have this connection with Anna and have her like cheer for her and cast to be together when it's this old Russian voice? Oh, yeah. I never once cheered for Cass and Anna to be together. That was just. Well, that's what I'm saying. I I tried to cheer, but I couldn't. That's why I really wanted Cass and Carmel to be together. But Mm -hmm. because for me, it was this Russian old lady voice. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Anna, you need a cane, girl. Right. I mean, you were born in 1958, mm-hmm. so... And I guess maybe that's what he was trying to go for, is that he she's back in time, and she's kind of... She's an old spirit, but... She still died when she was 17. Yeah. Overall, I think that Ross does a really good job doing the voices, because there are some narrators that don't do voices. Yeah. And at least this man tried, and mm-hmm. at least every scene I knew who was talking. And exactly. I think that's an important part of the audiobook. Yeah, it's really important in an audiobook... As a narrator, you are the only thing between the source material and a listener. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't make that source material strong in your reading, you could lose a listener. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And a book could lose a fan. Exactly. I, I know so many books that everyone raves about and I can't get through Mm-mm. because the audiobook is just like, Ugh. Yeah. You all know? because of the narrator. Damn. We just hid that one on our nose. Oh, we did. Let's talk about the emotion in the book. Same thing for me. In the beginning, I feel like his emotions were forced. Mm. And that's why when I kicked him up to 1.5, it helped immensely Mm -hmm. with getting me in and feeling like he wasn't just kind of spluttering out when it got to some heavy talking points. He was able to keep it going at that Mm 1.5 speed. So I do agree with you with the speed. Because like I said, when we were at the one, it was like listening to a robot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. Especially at one speed when there was any sort of action. Because this book is nonstop action oh, from non-stop. the very, very beginning. Yes. And so when I'm listening to an action part where there's fighting and killing and gruesome blood. Uh, yeah, uh, blah, blah. yeah, turns me on. I expect the narrator to be anxious, scared, completely horrified, running in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. But with August's voice, there was little change in his inflection. Mm. And it just kind of killed the mood at times. Mm. So that speed up really kept the kept the mood going. I see. I see. So for me, the emotion was there. When Anna felt betrayed and hurt and lonely, I felt those feelings too. That also speaks volumes to Blake's writing as well. I felt like the entire time I was on the edge of my seat and I was preparing for all the feelings, you know, being scared, was sad, worried, cautious, happy, everything. Yeah. One part that kind of bugged me was when Cass's mom slams her hand on the corner of the kitchen counter or a mm-hmm. table or something. I remember she she slams her hand down to stop Cass from going and fighting. Mm-hmm. She was worried about him. So she slams it down and I just expected a little bit more anger in her voice Mm -hmm. i thought about that too but after she slammed it down and started talking it was her normal voice still i was like like, you better not go to fight a ghost yeah yeah (laughs) it was was, exactly like that it was it was just i expected like a grunt yeah or something in there like a whale for her to care i did not feel like cass's mom was his mom oh yeah it was like a friend that was just his babysitter or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I wanted Cass's mom to have this like Sally Field kind of whale going. Oh, I want every mom oh, to have a Sally Field. That is true. Whale. But I want to know what you're going. You know, yeah. something like that. You know, yeah. <laughs> this is my daughter. What was the Magnolia? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So on the other side, I felt like 
with Ross and his narration with Cass, he made me feel connected to him. There was an example that I had where Cass was talking about his name and how his parents gave him the name of Theseus Cassius Lowood. Mm -hmm. And he said, My dad also loved Norse mythology, so I might have wound up being called Thor, which would have been basically unbearable. Like he, even that word unbearable, the narrator didn't have to include inflection with that or give that some feeling in itself. But it gave me that feeling of, oh, yeah, this kid knows how weird his name is and how weird his family is. He's set up for greatness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I connected with Cass on that level because of Ross's voice and tone and feelings behind that frustration with not knowing why my parents named me a weird name. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that was just one example. I have more, but we don't have time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the classic saying from someone who doesn't have more examples. <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked his defense of his name. That was an example. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I think we covered everything with August Ross and his voice. Mm -hmm. And I think he did a phenomenal job. It was at times a little difficult for me to stay interested in the book, but overall, I really, really enjoyed the material mm -hmm. and his reading. I agree. I mm -hmm. think he was phenomenal. But a little bit about the writing. Mm. Some issue I had was that Cass cusses throughout the novel, and I'm totally fine with mm -hmm. that, except for the fact that he just keeps peppering it into his sentences. And I understand that he's a teenager, and so that makes sense. But Cass is supposed to be wise beyond his years. Oh. He's supposed to be a beacon of hope in the real world from protecting mm -hmm. us from ghosts. That's true. And I don't want to feel like our only protection between evil spirits is a kid who doesn't know when to properly place mm -hmm. or 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 anything yeah. in there. And he's also 17. I feel like that's an old age to be like, go get the trash. Yeah. You know, or, like or something weird. Just like. <laughs> Weird placements. And and again, I have no problem with cussing in books. No. I cuss in my everyday life, too. Yeah. I don't know. It struck me as weird at times and unnecessary, I honestly. See. I see. I didn't need it to be reinforced mm -hmm. that Cass is a young, a young person. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, the big picture, Cass's father died. He's doing something not a lot of teens do. Like... He Never. He doesn't have friends. He doesn't really have friends. He travels all the time. So you would think he would have learned kind of or at least skipped over that phase of cuss this, cuss that. You yeah. Know? Yeah, you would think. And it's it's very small potatoes type of thing. I, it's not that big of a deal. It's just something that I noticed mm. that I kind of it kind of irked me in a weird way. And also throughout the entire book, he's dropping F-bombs. He's not caring. The last quarter of the book, he starts saying F, the letter F. Really? Instead of the full word. Hmm. He did it twice in the last quarter of the book. And prior to this, you had no problem <laughs> randomly peppering it into your dialogue. So, hmm. but now, now it's a problem. Interesting. Yes. So did you feel like the eight hours and 43 minutes was a good enough time for you to get a clear picture of... The novel and the story and the plot? I think so. I felt like there were two different plots thrown into the book. I felt like it was almost two different books, but it worked very well together because they did need assistance mm -hmm. from the ghosty ghouly world. So I felt like 
even though the timing was really great for this book, I still felt like it could have been split into two novels. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a sequel. Yeah, there is a sequel. Yeah. And I believe the sequel is called Anna Went to the Laundromat. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> no, I'm just going to not what the sequel is called. But to go off what you're saying, I do wish that the story was broken up into two books. But I'm also not excited about the sequel as much as I feel like I should be. Yeah. Because the first book, I to me, I feel like it wrapped up everything. Yeah. And there doesn't need to be a sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't, I'm not giving anything away, but it wrapped up in a pretty nice little bow. Yeah, it didn't have any cliffhangers. But, I felt like it was yeah. an effective ending to a book. But when the sequel comes out, then you're reading the sequel for the, the summary for the sequel. Whoa, that was a cliffhanger. You know what I'm saying? Well, no. Well, then you go back and think, and I'm like, the ending of this first book was essentially a cliffhanger because Mm -hmm. now they she has this whole new story about Anna. You think that you should have picked up on the fact that it ended in such a odd way Mm -hmm. when the sequel comes out? Because I mean, for sequels, you kind of expect there to be some sort of mystery leading into the second book. Kind of like with Three Dark Crowns by the same author, we knew. There was going to be a sequel. We know something's up. We know something's up because the way it ended mm-hmm. and the fact that we didn't get any answers to our questions. Right. <laughs> we knew there was going to be a sequel. But with this one, it really does end on a positive note. Whether you like it or not, it's a, it's a good ending. Yeah. That's just my thoughts on the whole. I, I'm excited about the sequel, but I could also not read the sequel and be happy. Yeah, exactly. This could be a standalone book. I was surprised that there mm-hmm. was a second one. Yeah. We'll see. So where did you listen to this audiobook? I listened to this book at home. I started just sitting at my desk because you were raving about it. And so I was like, I need to listen to this. Mm -hmm. And so I started it immediately and I finished it same day Mm -hmm. or next day. Mm -hmm. I think I finished it same day. Yeah. I think you kind of really ran by with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I listened to this when I was cleaning my house. Mm Mm-hmm. That was when I started listening listening to the book. And I was also listening to this book, Driving with Eddie to a Park, to take our little Benedict for a walk. And I was so excited about this book that when I got out of the car and we were doing the walk and we walked around the park, I could not wait to get back in the car to listen to it again. Eddie didn't care. Were you imagining that Eddie was Anna? Um, just a ghost that wanted to murder you and put your body in the I'm, basement? I would not mind having sex with a ghost. I mean, Eddie, (laughs) get on it. I mean, I think I've told him this before. Ghost sex kind of is interesting to think about. Some days. I mean, Catherine Heigl did it with Denny in Grey's Anatomy. All right. So would you listen to this audiobook again? No. What? Sorry, go ahead. I don't normally like re-listen to things. That's true. To books at all. Mm Mm-hmm. But I will tell you now, I will shelf it. You're going to shelf it? I am going to shelf it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I totally will shelf it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say shelf it. No. <sighs> I really liked the concepts of it. And I mm-hmm. really did overall like the entire story. I think it's a phenomenal story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I just I just had some hiccups with some of the narration and some of the the writing occasionally but it wasn't it wasn't horrible writing no mm-hmm. it was very much like a supernatural episode oh my gosh yes when you told me that that's part of the reason why i started it immediately well and i also let's talk let's tell our, our audience 
that we have actually been on a supernatural binge. Well, I mean, and that's the that's the reason why we completed this book is because we are going through a drought. We're going through withdrawal. And we haven't had time to kind of just sit down and binge on some Supernatural. It's been like a month. It's been a month. And we are on season three in the middle of the season, the shortest season ever. I don't know why we're not finished. (laughs) But this audiobook reminded me so much of Supernatural that I was just like, Brittany, you have to listen to this. Yeah. I mean, the pilot episode of Supernatural, if you watch Supernatural, if you've seen Supernatural... The pilot episode is where they see that the girl dressed in white Mm -hmm. on the side of the road and she murders the people that like pick her up. Yeah. The opening scene of this book totally reminded me of that. Cass was in a Thunderbird car. Mm -hmm. He was just driving along the highway and he picked up a hitchhiker. Yeah. And the hitchhiker was a dead person. A dead person. Trying to kill him. But seriously, it reminded me of a Supernatural episode. and I felt like they might have collabed. They could have collabed. Ugh. I mean, I want to see this. I could honestly see this book like coming to life mm-hmm. on a screen. Oh, which you can. Oh. They are going to make a movie about it. They are? They The, the movie rights were bought or the book rights were bought for, to make a movie. And the information that we have so far is that Maddie Hassine... From Freeform's Twisted. Oh. Mm-hmm. I did not. I don't think I liked her in I didn't, Twisted. I didn't like her either in I Twisted. I didn't like her character. No. But okay. she was good. She was good. I didn't like her character. And Cameron Monaghan from Showtime's Shameless. I don't want Shameless. Oh, my God. I know I should. So cute. I'm not even kidding. No, this cute. Cam- this Cameron Monaghan is so cute. Oh, cute. Like attractive. Yes. Okay. He, one of the, like, he's a real cute ginger. Ooh, he's going to be cast? Yes. But he is also in Gotham, and he plays Joker, like Joker's character. Oh. He's so cute. Oh, sorry. I can't imagine the Joker being cute. Uh, he he makes him cute. He's not really the Joker. He's like, it, Gotham's confusing. He's Gotham is confusing. Everyone's a Joker, supposedly, in Gotham, but he, oh, okay. it's confusing. Okay. But he's real cute, and he's going to be Cass. However, the downfall of this movie adaptation, which I despise, is it's directed by Catherine Hardwick. She's the director of the first Twilight movie. I just became Anna, dressed in blood. (laughs) And my notes say, Catherine Hardwick, yuck, goddamn yuck. (laughs) (laughs) But the last news that that broke on this movie adaptation was on May 6, 2016. So we'll see. Okay. Speaking of the director, we can't really fault them for the script that they get and what they do with the camera. That's true. But I hate Catherine Hardwick's okay. directing. Yeah. She makes everything tinted blue. I thought that everybody in that movie was suffering from hypothermia. Yes. I was like, what the hell? Just do some makeup. Why you got to make yeah. the whole screen blue? I'm never going to Forks because apparently it's in an ice caps. Yes. Oh, God. But anyway, so I'm excited to see what they do with it, but I'm not excited about the director choice. Right. So, are you going to shelf it? I was wondering when you're going to ask. <laughs> Sorry, it took so long. Um, so I would definitely shelf this, and I would move it up on the top shelf. Really? Because mm-hmm. I've listened to this about two and a half times. Are you serious? Yes. What? Yes. Oh, my God. I, I listened to it. When I, the first through the first listen through, and then when I was doing my notes, I listened to it again. Wow, you went hard. Yeah, 
And then I just want to listen to a little pieces of it because I want to make sure I got everything, filled all the holes. So, yeah. That's cool. I'm definitely going to shout the shit <laughs> this book. Yeah, yeah. It's your <laughs> misplaced cuss words. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining us for our, our episode on Anna Dressed in Blood by Kendari Blake, narrated by August Ross. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook for up-to-date reviews all the time. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to download two free books, I'm, I, I mean free books. Like, free. I'm not joking about this. Free. Like, a ghost is going to deliver them. And you're not even going to know who delivered them. Because exactly. they're free. Yeah. So that makes sense. Audible yeah. delivers them. Yeah, Audible is your ghost. So if you want those two free books, please go on our website and click on the Audible affiliate link. And check out the new updates to our site that Sean has done. I know. Ooh. I was going to do a Facebook post about it. Mm, yeah. But if you don't know already, we have a new search engine. Yeah, we do. You can search for the books. And when you listen to one of our reviews, you can also get recommendations for other books as well. Yeah. Yeah, you can. <laughs> it's at the bottom. This is crazy. Go ahead. <clears throat> so check those out and see if you can find your, your new favorite book. Oh, my goodness. We're giving out a lot of good oh, services. Hey. All right. Well, have a great rest of your day. Bye. Blood, 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 blood. Blood. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Were you ever a wee boy? <laughs> Never. I was always fat. One night I was there by myself. It was soon after she passed away, and all of a sudden I heard on the wall. I just got chills. Yeah. And she turns the TV on all the time, turns Mm -hmm. the volume up real loud because she was deaf. Mm -hmm. She's a little trickster ghost. My goodness. A tha. Um, Athame? Athame. 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 With his kitchen witch. <laughs> We're never going to get through this, this right up. What is kitchen witch? Duh, she stays in the kitchen all day uh, and bakes muffins. Isn't that like... Magical muffins. Sexist? Uh, yes. Anyway. That is sexist <sighs> against normal witches who don't spend all their days in the kitchen. Don't you say anything about my damn glass. All right. I know, right? Uh, AIDS. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they have a category on some of the porn sites. With Ross's voice. I don't want to say Ross because it reminds me of Friends. Yeah. With August's voice. Also, August is. It's so hard. That's why I was like, what's his name? Yeah. (laughs) And throw an S. What would the S word be? No, like, you know how they say F-bombs? Oh. It'd be like S cannons. Well, it's not <laughs> bombs. No, it's because really that not. happens on a daily with me. <laughs> I, got, I got lots of fiber. <laughs> oh, I hate all cats in books. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I 
forgot who I was talking to. The animal lover. <laughs> so they're like Patrick Swayze and Ghost, like learning how to. Yes. Learning how to throw apples and stuff. Yes. Is that what he had to do? And I don't mind having sex with Patrick Swayze's ghost. Rest in pepperoni. Rest in pepperoni. Yes. Oh. Yes. And our website is on our ending. Make sure you go and take care of that blood stain on your dress. Girl, you need a tampon. <laughs>